Welcome everyone, we're about to begin verses Hashem Shalom Bayis 252. Um, we were talking about the seven principles for making a marriage work by John Gottman, and we went through principle one through four, and we also talked about in the last uh, shear uh, regarding two types of problems, two types of conflicts. One is called perpetual, uh, that... Uh, does not have an easy solution or cannot really be resolved. And nevertheless, by learning to be fond towards one each other, towards, towards each other and um, being affectionate and um, being accepting, great marriages can thrive despite the fact that there are these perpetual problems that seem not to have a solution. But then we also said there are another type of problems which are called solvable problems which um, are easily solvable because it's based on matzavim, situations that once they put their heads together and hearts together, they could figure out ideas to resolve those problems. And that's where he comes to principle number five. His principle number five is to solve your solvable problems. In other words, don't say to yourself, I have certain things that, you know, we won't see, we'll never see eye to eye, or we'll never... Um, you know, agree with, or we'll just see things always differently from one another. And there are ways to handle that too, like we started to talk about in the previous year, um, being fond and being accepting and admiring each other for the differences and so on and so forth and navigating through it. But the idea though is, is that for the problems that are indeed solvable, um, then do your best as a as a couple to solve it, and that enhances the marriage and alleviates a lot of stress. And um, it stands to reason that when a husband and wife respect each other and are open to each other's points of view, that's a smach, a, 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 a koyach, to resolve differences that may arise. And um, what's sad, and he notices this a lot, and we sometimes could notice this in ourselves as well, that a conversation that could have gone so productively instead ends up in a screaming match or an, or an angry silence. And um, there's a way to break that cycle. And the truth is, we all have it within us. It's not Nevoah, it's not Ruach HaKadosh, it's in everyone's ability to learn the skills to solve solvable problems. We have it in us, we know it's within us, and we could develop those skills. Now he says that there are two types of ways to resolve these solvable problems. The popular approach, he says, which is good to use if you have the ability to do it, is to, and, and he says marital therapists recommend this method, and we would recommend it too, and he would recommend it too. If you're able to do it, it's wonderful. Which is to have empathy. To put yourself in your wife or husband's shoes while listening to what he or she is saying and communicate with em- empathy and respond that way and see what how you can resolve conflicts that way. And the truth is, is some people are not always capable of doing that. Even happily married couples sometimes don't have those skills or have a difficulty always to have that level of empathy. 
though it's something indeed that a person should really strive for. So he came across a, 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 a solution of solving problems, solvable problems, that um, has four steps that he that we're going to discuss today. I'm going to start discussing today. And he, those four steps, all of them, he's very convinced that it takes very little training and it doesn't require much knowledge or much effort. It's all within us, within our reach, to do it quite easily. And the reason why he says this is because we have these skills already. We just get out of the habit of using them in our closest relationships. It's like Derek Heretz. It's what we said very often, how we sometimes treat a stranger better than we treat our own husband or wife. So if a guest left their umbrella uh, in the house and then you had to go to their house to return it. And uh, so so what we usually do is, here, you know, you forgot your umbrella, that's all. Oh, you forgot your umbrella in your house when you were there uh, two days ago. We wouldn't think of saying what in the world is wrong with you, you absent-minded professor, you're always uh, losing things, you see what I mean, I have to run out of the rain to get you back your umbrella, what is with you? Be a little more thoughtful, think think before you leave, did I forget anything? Uh, am I a slave? I'm picking up your stuff and, and chasing you to bring it back to your house. You'll never say those things. We're sensitive to that guest. Even if things didn't go well, and, and you choose to take that umbrella or whatever it was they forgot and return it. You return it graciously. And it's not such a major skill to learn how to just be polite when you do so. Or when you buy a, uh, the Shabbos table and you invited guests. And the guests spilled wine all over the beautiful tablecloth or whatever it is. Usually you would say, no problem. You want another glass of wine. It's all good. It's washable or, you know, it's no big deal. You don't tell the guest, you just ruined the best tablecloth we have. Can't depend on you. I, I wouldn't invite you again, your shlamazel. No, you would never chalila say anything like that. And yet, to your husband or wife, the ones closest to you, you would say that. Why? Whatever the reason why, it's a very doable and it's a learnable skill to reverse that trend and say no. And tell yourself no. I will not treat my husband this way anymore. I will not treat my wife this way anymore. I will give them at the very least the same courtesy that I would be, that I would when I machnes eirech somebody or invite a guest over. It's similar to the case that we discussed earlier in a previous year, how a, a woman was married to a doctor who was so nasty to her, but as soon as the phone was picked up by a patient, a resident, or or an acquaintance. Also, the husband um, was all smiles. Hi, yes, it would be great, and everything. I'm sorry to hear this, and being empathetic, and so on and so forth, and charming. And as soon as they get off the phone, you, uh, they turn back nasty again. And the wife's watching this, watching how his her husband was transformed over the phone, talking to somebody else, into the most flexible person, rational person, understanding person, compassionate person. And, yet, and as soon as that phone call is over, he, he morphs back into someone that is looking very mean at her, 
and immovable and angry. It does not have to be that way. It's a skill that could be learned. We could pretend all our all we want that it's a lack of self-awareness. We have a certain self-awareness and we could develop it. And we realize we're not treating our wife right. Or we're not treating our husband right. And we're harsher, way, way harsher to them than we would than we would be to even, you know, acquaintances or or strangers or friends. So there are four steps that he talks about in solving these solvable problems. Step number one, which we touched upon earlier, is what he calls soften your startup. Soften your startup means that you come into the conversation even though you're both upset about something about each other's behaviors or whatever it is, you approach the subject in the beginning, not harshly, but softly. Now, he noticed, it's again, it's stereotypical, it doesn't always have to be this way, but that wives, women, the wife, is more likely than the husband to bring up a touchy issue and bring it up and tell her husband, we're having a problem here. Let's talk and let's work to resolve it. The wife is more likely to do that. Husbands, on the other hand, their reaction, generally speaking, is to distance themselves from a face-to-face conversation or to face head-on these uh, to to de- you know to deal with it. They try to avoid it. There's many reasons for it. Some men have this, what we called earlier, flooding, where they get very, their bodies get emotionally reactive to the stress that, they, that they're feeling. So therefore, they're more inclined to avoid confrontation. But the wife wants to, is more inclined to want to initiate the conversation. And the soft startups means that you could start off, let's say the wife wants the husband to help with the laundry. And... Um, so she brings up the subject, you know, I want to talk to you about some housework and he goes, uh, you know, I do clean the counters or this or that I do. You see, you know, after supper, I clean after myself. I do. The wife then turns and says, you're right. You do. So that's already what he calls a repair attempt. You're acknowledging, even though you're upset that he's not doing his share of housework or laundry work, you do acknowledge what he said. He's not just making an excuse. He is does indeed, in the kitchen, clean after himself. Now, the husband hears this. He calms down, meaning her repair attempt was successful. And then the wife says, it's just that, you know, yes, I acknowledge that, but the bottom line is a lot of laundry is left piled up, and it's so hard for me to do. And And then the husband says, with a sense of humor, you know, the truth is I don't think about laundry much. I haven't been thinking about it at all. And he's not being defensive. He's just being honest. And the wife laughs. It's funny, you know, but, you know, a certain sense of humor. And she asks him, like, what do you think clothing, uh, what keeps you have the clothing that you're wearing uh, or that they're folded in the lo- in, in the drawer like that? Uh, you know, it's just magic, you know. And she's saying this not sarcastically, but with a certain sense of humor. You see, so while we're going through this pattern, what I'm discussing here, they're discussing an issue that she wants him to fix, but they're doing it in a way where they're open, where there's no defensiveness, there's no criticism, and they're leading to that. And um, 
and 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 um so uh he say, he say, the wife says for example you know they they have an a, a apartment complex there where the wash and dry is in a, in a you know in a community com, communal laundry room in an apartment building let's say and uh, the wife says you know what's once i left my load there and when i came back it was folded so you know the the husband says maybe we should do laundry when that guy does laundry so he'll do it for us of course he means it with a sense of humor she says this she see hears this she laughs so you have a shared humor that also de-escalates the tension and then they end off the conversation you know so the husband says you're right that maybe every other day or when I'm the first one that come home from work before you and uh, so you put it out near my bed or by yours and I'll make sure to fold you know some of the laundry and um and then she says, yeah, you know, you can fold what makes sense, you know, the towels, uh, the sheets, whatever's easier to do. And then he responds, yeah, I'll look in the basket. And he accepts the influence that she wants, he wants her to do to when, you know, he comes home a little earlier and he sees a whole load of laundry. He could, he could uh, you know, help, help with it. So here is an example of a soft startup conversation where there's no criticism, there's no contempt, there's no defensiveness, there's no stonewalling, there's no real anger, but it's not that they're letting each other off the hook, it's not that she is addressing the problem. I want you to help me clean the laundry. And this is healthy to bring this up. He says something very, very interesting, and we talked about this also in some of the prior shiurim, that more often marriages uh, end up ending or becoming a disaster not because they constantly have fighting matches but the the opposite they avoid these conversations let's say this example of a laundry conversation they avoid it and they ends up if you do this with a lot of situations then you end up distancing yourselves from each other from the friendship towards each other and that sense of connection gets weaker and weaker until it's lost. That's why it was important, for example, in the example we gave, that when the husband admits, he doesn't even think about laundry, right? He said that openly. You know, the truth is I don't really think about it much. The wife didn't get critical or contemptuous. She laughed, thought it was funny a little bit. And because she was gentle with her husband, the conversation continued and came up with a plan and a result. That he acknowledged, yes, you know, I come home a little earlier than you do. We'll put it, you know, where, where in that particular area. And yeah, I may not do the whole thing, but I'll see a couple of towels there. I'll do towels. I have more time. I'll do a little more. And so on and so forth. So this is what we call a um, soft startup conversation. And... Um, it's, and, and you do your best to try to do that with one another when these conflicts um, happen. And the way you do this is you don't evaluate, you don't judge, you're polite, you're appreciative. And, um, and th- that's a very, very uh, important point. So to solve solvable problems, the first of the four steps that you take that everyone could take is to Take a deep breath, remove the 
excess resentment or frustration. It's okay to be bothered about something, and that's why you're having the conversation, but to do it calmly and to start softly with a certain sense of humor, with a kindness, and then the one who's listening in the receiving end that they need to fix something, they don't get defensive. Instead, they say, or they acknowledge, you know, you may be right about this or you are right about this, and you work it through. And this is a skill that we all could do better at. And once we do, it could open up so much in making a marriage becoming more gratifying, more satisfying, and um, more joyful. Have a wonderful day.